time for the Thomas Guide to All Things Political. John Thomas on The Bill Handel Show. They don't care about the children. They don't care about the injury. They don't care about the problems. They don't care about anything. Today, I signed an executive order. We're going to keep families together, but the border is going to be just as tough as it's been. KFI Handle here on a Friday, which means uh, it is time for, well, first of all, uh, let me tell you the big stories. The Turpin family, David and Louise Turpin, uh, have been uh, bound over for trial. What a shocker that one is. Sales tax. Supreme Court had just said, yeah, yep, every state can charge sales tax, uh, even on the internets, which makes a lot of sense because uh, the brick-and-mortar stores were at a huge disadvantage. Okay, now some politics and immigration. John Thomas, uh, the Thomas Guide, is with us as he is on Friday by, about this time. And happy birthday, by the way. Thank you so much. Uh, Appreciate it. No, it's good. And you are, what, 15, 16 now? Yeah, uh, going on 33. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, you're th- yeah. today you're 33. Today I'm 33. Uh, there you go. Uh, but Bill, you know what else also is today? Free Movie Friday. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> really? With Adam Tickets. Yep. Please. They are going to give you a chance to win free movie tickets, even on my birthday. So you text them now. Text the word reporter to Adam1, that's A-T-O-M-1, for your chance to win. Don't forget, standard data and text messaging rates apply. Okay. So Thank- even on my birthday, I'm a whore. Even on- <laughs> And I appreciate that. You do it for me. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Obviously, uh, a lot's going on in uh, Trump world. Uh, I just want to start with uh, something that I'm fascinated uh, about, and that is the president reversing himself on the separation of families, uh, that issue. And, uh, of course, if you ask him, he didn't reverse himself, Mm -hmm. because even reversing yourself is not reversing yourself in Trump world. How does anybody get the president, this president, to turn around on something that he is uh, adamantly in favor of or part of his position, and then two days later it goes totally the other way. How, how do you do that? I think it's just the optics. Even the, the, the president understood, and he said in a, in a closed meeting with House uh, Republicans when he was talking about potentially uh, getting something through the House, this was, I think, early in the week, he said, guys— this looks really bad for us. We have to get something done in the House immediately. I think as soon as the president realized that his game of waiting for somebody else to blink uh, wasn't going to work and he wasn't going to get what he needed through, pass through the House and the Senate, he said, look, how he's thinking, how long can I endure this bad press? It's going to pull us down and it's revving up the other side. Now, I always got the impression uh, that uh, President Trump doesn't care because he has his base and he can do no wrong. So uh, I don't because because it's not that it's not that simple in the sense of even Trump understood that his base was mixed on this issue. There were some hardliners that said, you know, screw it. They're illegal. They're breaking the law and this is a deterrent. But you you just have to watch the coverage by and large. And no matter how you twist yourself into pretzels, and explain rationally why the policy is the right thing to do. The optics of little babies crying in a tender age facility, you can't overcome that no matter whether you're right or wrong on the issue. I think Trump came to that realization. I'm glad he did politically, but some there's a major shift that happened today, Bill, and I it's brilliant. Uh the Trump 
in a shift of strategy, did a tweet this morning that said, forget passing anything through the House. Because remember that Congress is still potentially debating whether or not they want to pass, get an immigration uh, uh, reform package passed, and then kick it to the Senate where it'll likely die, right? And Trump basically said in his tweet, forget it. We're not going to do anything. We're going to quit trying until after November, and we need to make a red wave. We okay. need to get more Republicans. But here's the deal, Bill. This is a fundamental shift. I've never seen a president basically say, I'm going to quit trying, and it's all about the midterms. And here's something else that's fascinating. Pew Research released a poll earlier this week that showed that voter enthusiasm is at record-level highs on both sides of the aisle because of one thing, and that is Trump. The Republicans love them, and they're charged up to vote by about six points more than they are on average when a when the party of uh, a president of their own party is in power. And Democrats are also charged up right. at about equal numbers, which doesn't bode well for the president because there's a lot more Democrats out there than there are Republicans. Well, w- we'll see uh, if if Trump can shift the turnout model, and if he can take and this is the the shift I saw, and I know this is what he's doing. He's saying the number one issue in the Republican Party is the issue of immigration, and it has been for years. He knew that. He got the Republican primary on it. He won an election on it. He's saying if I can convince the Republican electorate that if they want to make movement on the issue of immigration, the only way they get moving on immigration is by showing up and voting in November. That may just save his hide in November. All right. Uh, you know, we have to take a break. I have uh, one more question relative to that when we come back. And then I want to go right into California governor politics uh, because that is getting interesting. Well, we've finally been able to take a look under the hood at this head-to-head stack up of right. Newsom versus Cox. Right. And, and I'm, I'll and get into that. It's looking very, very dire. Bleak. For, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Grim. Yeah. <laughs> very. Desolate. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. We'll come back uh, with John Thomas, the Thomas Guide. All right. here and uh, the morning crew with john thomas birthday today thank you john happy birthday and let's go uh back to uh a, a little bit i was going to ask you a question uh, about immigration and going to the bathroom and diet coke and coffee i sort of lost it oh okay. sort of you really lost it. yeah you're I sitting know. here during a break going what was it yeah what i know it? i know that's what happens sometimes okay now uh, let's go to, uh, the governor's race, Gavin Newsom. And as you said, numbers are now coming out. You were able to look under the hood mm-hmm. and it looks like, uh, that it, we're going to even have, we have the gas tax. We're going to have the registration tax. And now it looks like we're going to have under the hood tax. <laughs> so let's, what, what did you see? I mean, the numbers well, are out. Well, so the LA times, uh, poll and a couple others were released this week and I'll, I'll just go through the LA Times top line numbers. Uh, it had Newsom at at forty five percent of the vote. It had John Cox at twenty eight, and it had twenty seven percent undecided. And so the way you have to look at these things, first of all, I won't bore us by going in deep into the tabs, but basically, it is an uphill battle is an understatement for John Cox at this point. Um, if you take the undecided, it's the twenty seven percent. Uh, and let's just say you it's a level playing field, which it's not because those undecideds tilt to the left. Um, you, let's just say you smear the undecideds proportionally, okay? Gavin gets over the hump without lifting a finger. But we know Gavin's going to lift a finger, right? 
Gavin starts out with some institutional advantages. He's a Democrat. There's more there's more Democrats, a lot more than Republicans. Uh, He has uh, probably nearly universal name ID, which is very expensive even to get it parity. So Cox, just to have the same conversation at the same level as Newsom, would have to probably outspend Newsom two to one, which is very prohibitively difficult. Um, Newsom last last week, very strategically and very smartly neutralized his biggest funding foe, which are the charter schools. Those are the people that funded Antonio Viragosa's super PAC. It was these charter schools uh, because Gavin is hook, line, sinker in line with every Democrat union and anti-charter. But Gavin extended an olive branch uh, last week and basically made nice with the charter schools for one reason. He, he basically says, look, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to try to um, I'm not going to help you, but I'm not going to hurt you while so, I'm governor, which neutralizes the charter money. Uh, so it, so he has now become, well, not anti, but uh, as you said, neutral. Doesn't that really piss off all of the pro charter people? Well, or or well, they're no, OK no, with well, that, well, no, that he's no, not fighting no, it. Basically, this is the way they the the. The or no, char- I'm sorry. The doesn't teachers' he, union. The doesn't teachers he, union. Yeah, sorry. doesn't he piss off yeah, his the, own the, the base? Teachers the teachers' union. union. But but what are they going to do? They're stuck with Gavin. What are they going to do? Spend for John Cox? They're never going to do that. They don't. They can't have the political will. So if you're a charter school, you go look. We're not going to get what we want, but it, but we're going to punt until we run Marshall Tuck or somebody else for governor in four, four years after this or eight years later. And it's just a punt plan, and it neutralized Cox's money at this point. You know, Cox is doing what he should be doing. He's making his campaign synonymous with the gas tax, uh, which, as we saw, has the ability to uh, really succeed. We saw that down in um, uses an issue to recall a state senator, Josh Newman. John and Ken railed against that a lot. The issue of the gas tax is a popular is uh, repealing. It is popular. So Cox may get a lift there. But, Bill, you it just takes massive amounts of advertising dollars. And we're not talking 10 million bucks here, Bill. We're not talking 20 million bucks. We're talking 50 to 100 million dollars. Is Cox going to outspend Gavin or does he, Gavin has the financial yeah. base that there's no exactly. chance? Yeah, Gavin already was a good fundraiser. I think he raised uh, almost 20 million dollars in the primary. Now that he's the heir apparent, he's going to get all the I'm sorry money. He's going to get the people that may not like him but have to grease him because he is going to be in power. So, uh, Gavin Newsom will likely raise 40 to 50 million without lifting a finger. And that's not even considering what the unions will spend for him just so they can say, hey, even hey, Gavin, we put you across the finish line, even though he knows that he didn't. So um, if you're John Cox, you know, you got to you got to hope for lightning. So um, let's and, say, and, and, and time is running short. Bill. All right. So let's say you're the strategist and you are a Republican strategist and you picked up uh, John Cox. Uh, uh, do you? Tell them. Absolutely. Do you, do you know that this just isn't going to work? Yeah, I would. Well, I would tell them before I sign because I wouldn't sign. Um, I, I, I'd, with clients, I will never take a client if I don't believe there is a path. Sometimes a path is, is challenging, but if the path is prohibitively challenging, if there's no way to get across the hurdle, I don't think it's fair to the client. I don't think it's for me to charge them. I don't think it's fair to ask donors for money for an effort that you know can't get through. Now, um, Look, I think John Cox did a great service to the Republican Party simply by being on the ballot in a general election may save some of these congressional seats in Orange County because it, it will increase turnout on the Republican side. So he should be very – Republicans should be very grateful that he did it. Uh, at this point, I don't know what the end game is for Cox. Uh, look, I've been part of many campaigns where 
you, 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 you got to the next round and you knew the end was near. And I'll tell you, it is a miserable place. It becomes inside the campaign. It becomes a circle, circle firing squad. It's your fault. It's your fault. If you just do your job, if you just, and it's like, no, it's actually, that has nothing to do. It's everybody could do their job perfectly. And that okay. has, there's just gravity. And do you think the that, issue. and you think that's happening or will happen? It will with be Cox. happening. I'm I'm guessing in the doldrums of summer, so mid July. Uh, I think you'll probably. It's not a high profile enough race to hear this, but you'll probably see staff shakeups uh, because first next thing you do in a campaign is you go, well, how do we reduce our burn rate? How do we stop spending so much because we know the income isn't there? John, thank you. Thanks, Always Bill. good stuff. The Thomas Guide on all social media, and uh, it's John's birthday. And Thank you. Uh, yes, it's uh, I, yes. And you're abandoning me. Usually we go to brunch, and on my birthday, you're kicking me to the curb. I, I am because I'm leaving am, me aside. I'm on an airplane. I'm going up north, uh, doing a bucket list restaurant. Hey, my daughter's a foodie, and so uh, my birthday invitation must have been lost in the mail. Oh, for that it was one. certainly <laughs> lost in the mail. All right, uh, that's it. Are Come. you going to French Laundry? I am. <gasps> no kidding. No kidding. Who do you know? Uh, my credit card. <laughs> that's who I know. All right.